Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corbin Hiller. And today we're going to be talking about uh, MLB field size and foul territory as it pertains to Cy Young Award winning. Um, and yeah, let's get going. Let's do it. Explain to me this ginormous spreadsheet that you put your put yourself together, that you put together. But before I get there, the, th- this whole idea came from when I was in L.A. in February. Right. I took that tour at Dodger Stadium, and um, you know, one of the first places they start you off in is they, they kind of like walk you through this big couple, few different hallways that have all of the, a replica of all of the awards that any Dodgers player has won. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure, Corwin, if you were aware of this before looking at the spreadsheet, but the Dodgers have the most Cy Young wins in MLB history, with well, twelve. I haven't looked at the spreadsheet yet because I wanted to make Ooh, sure. Oh, good! That, Don't. Uh, oh, oh, Don't do it. Nope. We'll save it piece okay. by piece. And so you know the tour guide's trying to keep us all um, invested in what's going on, asking a bunch of questions. And I'm a gigantic nerd, and um, a huge teacher's pet when it comes to when it comes to baseball. So you know I'm answering really? all the questions. Oh God, yes. Um, I felt like I, I, I embarrassed the shit out of Pete because I kept answering all these guys' goddamn questions. And Never one changed. of his questions one of his questions was, um, why do you think the Dodgers have the most Cy Young Awards? And my response was the gigantic ass outfield. Because I'm pretty sure the power alley in Dodger Stadium is like three hundred and eighty feet. Um and he's yeah, like it's it's a big fucking outfield, and he was like, "Well, it's more so about how stupid much um, territory, foul territory there is in Dodger Stadium," and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." And one of the other things he said that isn't exactly pertaining to what we've done today, but I thought might still be worth talking about is is that he also mentioned. I think this is interesting that um. Because Dodger Stadium is so close to the ocean that at night the breeze pushes um, the air from the sea inward, inland, and that actually causes the balls to get more dense and not fly as far, which is a thing because cold weather does inhibit baseball's travel, but um, I'm not sure if my guy James nearly knew all the science behind this. Um because, and you'll see, um, he might not have been totally accurate with what he was saying when it came to foul territory with Dodger Stadium. So that was how this came to be. I wanted to, I wanted to see if we could put to the test whether or not this was right. Okay. So, let's go to the spreadsheet and let's start with uh, stadium details. Because as you can see, my first tab is marked unneeded info. I just needed a copy and paste and reformat. Gotcha. So this actually has the um, foul fair territory and like capacity and all this other stuff we don't need for pretty much every baseball stadium that's ever been used in a professional fashion for the MLB. So um, all the currently in use stadiums I coded in blue and then everything beyond that is an out of use stadium. And Luke Voigt just hit a home run. That's my guy. I'm watching the Yankees-Astros game. Sorry. I'm watching the Phillies Uh, game. 
Oh, it's go Nets. Nola Day. Anyway, um, so what I was looking for, I, I downloaded this because it has a um, column four fair total fair tor- tor- total oh. fair territory and total foul territory. Okay, so I then took the in the next column next box uh, Cy Youngs. Or, or sorry, the next tab marks Cy Young. I wrote down the team, the number of total Cy Young wins that they have, and then I just divided it up by current stadium wins and then former, as far back as it would go. Um, it's kind of interesting. Just like like I don't know the the dynamic between. Let, let, oh, I'm gonna restart that again. Go for it. It it was kind of fun to see like which teams had success in which eras, like little pockets here and there, or um, just long sustained. Like the Dodgers have like a long pitching history. So the fact that they have like, you know, the most isn't shocking because it seems like the Dodgers have always had good pitching. Whereas like, um, let's see, the Mets, they have six Cy Young wins and none in their current stadium, which I guess isn't, too surprising since the city feels like not that old but um like the orioles same deal the the orioles have six wins as well and all of them were in memorial stadium which was apparently the name of the ballpark before uh, oriole park at cannon yards and they've been in oriole park at cannon yards for like 25 years time. yeah like there or it might even be like 27 or 8 now like it's been a long fucking time so you can tell that, like, these were probably a lot had to do with, you know, like, Jim Palmer and, like, that era of Baltimore Orioles baseball. Not so much today, Alex Cobb era of Baltimore Orioles baseball. Uh, yeah. You, you digging the names of some of these fucking stadiums, by the way? I'm digging the name of the teams with no Cy Young wins. Oh, you mean this? Lol. Isn't it funny, by the way? Or not funny, but interesting that the, the Cincinnati Reds have never won a Cy Young with how old... I, I understand that the Cy Young was only founded in, like, 1956. But, like, still. It just yeah. seems kind of weird, I mean, right? Can you name a great Cincinnati Reds picture? Oh, picture? of course not. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know... did You still think that they'd, like, fall ass backwards into one at some point. I, uh, maybe. I mean, the Pirates have two. Yeah, I don't even know who they ha- who they are. I have no idea either. And they're like 30 years Roberto apart. Roberto Clemente. They might as well. The Padres have four. The Padres are not a successful team at any point in the history of their franchise outside uh, of that one year, year that they went to the World Series. And like the Reds were an unstoppable force for like all of the 70s and most of the 80s. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you'd think, like, ah, like the win-loss record era of determining the Cy Young, like, they just fall into one somewhere. And, uh, no, just never fucking did. So go figure. I actually just read a cool fact about the Reds today that I did not know. That what right is after World War II, they changed their name to the Red Legs because they were scared of the red threat of communism. Yeah. Pretty cool. A little history I agree. stuff that, you know. You might not know if you don't follow baseball your whole life, but it's pretty fucking cool. 
You know, you know who I just learned about in in the world of baseball a few days ago. Roberto I actually still have it on my phone. All right, so like, no, dude. Um, <laughs> do you know who? And I want to make sure I get his name right. Do you know who Sadaharu O is? No. Yeah. So Sadaharu O is the world um, home run leader. What? He, in the course of his professional career, hit. Uh, and let's get this number right as well. 868 home runs. What league? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Japan. Japan. Yeah. Um, he was a left-handed, left-throwing first baseman. He played for the Tokyo or for the uh, the Yamayuri Giants from mm. 1959 to 1980. So 21 seasons there. Played until he was 40 years old. Um Honestly, if 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 posting for Japanese players to the MLB was a thing, he probably would have gone with these fucking numbers. I mean, like they're yeah, they're right. really they're really fucking good. <laughs> I'm looking at it them. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what they league you're bad. playing in. If you hit over 800 home runs in your career, you're probably decently good at baseball. Yeah, 868 would put him like you know just about a hundred more than Barry Bonds. Yeah. Um. So now, granted, you know. Pitching in, in in anywhere but the MLB isn't as good as it is in the MLB because of the cumulative nature of talent in the MLB. It's gonna it's gonna weed out, or it's really it's gonna attract the best and force them to be better. So, mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. But you know how I learned who Sadaharu O is. I do not know. Um, it's really stupid. Um, are you aware of the song "Hey Ladies" by the Beastie Boys? Yeah. So I love the Beastie Boys, and I was listening because you know I'm I'm a Jew from from the Northeast. It's it it, it it comes you're you're born. They hand you a mezuzah, they hand you a copy of Paul's Boutique, and they hand you a slice of challah, and that's that's how you're born into the world. And As so a non-Jew from Boutique. the Northeast, I don't know what any of those words meant. Um, so the mezuzah is the necklace I wear. Uh, oh. the little, yeah, the little symboly guy. Challah uh, is a bread. You typically make French toast with it as non-Jews. And um, Paul's Boutique is probably like top three or top two most influential hip-hop albums of all time made by the Beastie Boys. Oh, and there's okay. A, yeah. There's, I... a, there's a line in Hey Ladies, uh, and I got more hits than Sadaharu O. And I was like, who the fuck is Sadaharu My whole life listening to it, it's like it was one of those lines where I would just be like, bah, 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 bah. you know, yeah, like yeah. I don't know what they're saying here, and I'm not gonna look it up. And then I'm thinking to myself, like, no, like this has to be a baseball thing. Like, what else would they be referring to? And that's how I that's how I found out that this is a remarkably well known figure, and I'm just late to the fucking game on my 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 Japanese baseball shit. But yeah, Sadaharu O. That's how I got there, and that was a massive deviation for what we're doing. But that's how I got there. Yeah, you really threw me off with like the Paul's boutique thing because I just didn't think that. You would, I don't know why, even though we were talking about the Beastie Boys, like, I don't know why someone would give you a book called Paul's Boutique and why it was so culturally important to the Jewish people. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's right there, man. It's all there. Yeah. Everything you need is in Paul's Boutique. The other thing I noticed while going through all this is I really miss old baseball stadium names because there was no guaranteed rate field. 
Um, you know, there was no T-Mobile Park. You it had was Qualcomm Stadium. There was Qualcomm, but but San Diego's a newer team, so that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, like fucking Olympic Comiskey, uh, Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, Chavez Ravine. Oh, so that get that, Chavez Ravine, is just Dodger Stadium. Really? Yeah, because I went crazy trying to find what the fuck Chavez Ravine is. Because when the Angels were first founded, they were founded um, after the Dodgers had moved to L.A., but before they had their own ballpark. So for like the first four years of their existence, they shared Dodger Stadium with the Dodgers. But because they were the Angels and not the Dodgers, instead of calling it Dodger Dodger Stadium, Stadium, they called it Chavez Ravine. Gotcha. That makes sense. I mean, right? Because Angels they, are they, playing the Pirates in Dodger Stadium. You know, it sounds clunky. It sounds yeah. wrong. Yeah, because I was going crazy because they won a singular Cy Young Award before Angel Stadium was built, which they've been in like their entire existence. And it says Chavez. Ravine. I couldn't for the life of me figure it out. So the stats for Chavez Ravine and the stats for Dodger Stadium will be the same because they're the same. Um. Looking at just, like, the top few teams here for a total Cy Young wins, the top five being uh, the Dodgers with 12, the Red Sox and the Phil- Red Sox, Phillies, and Braves all tied with seven, and then the Orioles and the Mets tied with six. I mean, just uh, anything surprising or, or of note for you with these teams? Um, Man, I mean, I'm surprised the Diamondbacks have so many just because you would never think of the Diamondbacks as being, you know, a great team, but I mean with Clearly you're forgetting about yeah, the fact we brought up several times is Randy Johnson winning four consecutive Cy Young awards. I, I know, I know, I yeah. know. But again, I know Randy Johnson. I know how dominant he was. I just never picture him as an Arizona Diamondback. You know what's funny? I have no idea who that fifth fucking guy is. That cuz you're right. Outside of Randy Johnson, and Zach Greinke, yeah. name me a, an Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher that's not currently playing for the team. Or Patrick Corbin, Ooh. I guess. Um, like, na- like, name me a vintage Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher. No. Yeah, exactly. Who the fuck else won a Cy Young for them? I had that thought several times. Like, um, the Chicago White Sox have, have, have won Cy Young Award in their current stadium. I got no fucking idea who that guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anything else to, that sticks out to you? So I, I, I understand where you're coming from with, with, with the yeah. Diamondbacks. Anything else sticking out to you? Um, let me see. Um, the Yankees only having five. That doesn't surprise me much either, honestly. We've never no. been a team known for our pitching. You always think about the Yankees. It's, it's, it's our sluggers and it's never usually our pitchers. I, I, I wish I could be more proud of our illustrious pitching history but most of it most of our famed Yankees pitchers are either like from the 90s upward or the uh like 40s and 50s backwards which is a shame yeah I mean I want to say a lot of these are more surprising like the Phillies having seven kind of seems high yeah right the Braves having seven kind of seems high same with like the Orioles but like it's not out of I mean, the, some of these teams are so old, like it's not 
crazy. Like, I haven't been following baseball enough to where it's like, oh, the Braves won seven Cy Youngs. That's insane, you know? Well, no, no even, honestly, Corwin, if you've even been following baseball your whole life, it'd still be surprising because, like, look at the next column. Current stadium wins is zero. Right. Like, they won one in their last stadium, which was Turner Field, and then five in Atlanta Fulton Collis Company Stadium, which I've never heard of before. So, I mean, I was also not, like, surprised, surprised, but a little bit, um, a little bit surprised, I guess, that they had seven because that's a lot i know we talked about it earlier but do you remember the specific amount of time that the orioles have been in camden yards instead of memorial uh, i want to say camden yards it definitely opened in the 90s i want to say it opened in like 92 thereabouts i want to say it was pre-95 so i want to say like 91 92 93 uh let's see here oriole park at camden yards um, 89 opened in 92. Oh, wow. Okay. Look at you, Josh. Look at you. Yeah, I'm going to... It really should be partial credit because I listed like five years there, but I'm going to take full credit on it because it was the first one I said. <laughs> Still uh, one of my favorite uh, well, stadiums the, of all time. Oh, dude, it's just so fucking gorgeous. It's iconic. It's been it around really for is. like 27 years, but it's still so iconic. I mean, it literally changed the way baseball stadiums were viewed. Because yeah. before that, you had, like, three rivers and, like, a bunch of, like, baseball parks that held, like, 80,000 people that were never getting filled. Well, I and mean, were, like three rivers was a football field with baseball played in it, you know. Oh, is it really a football field? I've only yeah, ever heard it referred to as a baseball field. That's where the Steelers used to play before Heinz Field. Oh, she didn't know it. Um, But they all kind of had, like, from what I understand anyway, they had a relatively... Um, utilitarian feel to the baseball stadiums and then Camden Yards came along and kind of ushered in like a new era of ballpark that like yeah, Citizens Bank adopted nice. yeah yeah exactly uh, they can be an experience Bank is also great 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 ballpark hmm. um, I will say that I was not surprised that the Red Sox have seven because you know just from having Pedro Martinez and um, fuck He's not in the Hall of Fame because of steroids. Roger Clemens? Roger Clemens. Jesus. I feel like this is the second episode I that? that I brought him up, and it's the second time I have... Because he has the whitest name in the world. And I just can <laughs> never think Clemens. of Roger Clemens. <laughs> anyway. So, like, just between those two, it makes sense. But you'd think that, like, with how shockingly little foul territory there is in Fenway Park... That that right off the bat would show some kind of antithesis towards our good friend Jim's theory that Dodger Stadium has it, its copious amounts of foul territory is the reason it has so many Cy Young wins. You know what I mean? Maybe just because it has a giant outfield, like you said earlier, and because the Dodgers could buy any great pitcher that they wanted and did for a while. Yeah. Ah, not really. Yeah. All all the all the really great pitchers kind of came up with them with. Um, the exception of a few of the Negro League guys that they picked up at their in their early years. Uh, I don't think Granky came up with them. Who? Zach Granky. No, he was um he was a um Kansas City Royal, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. But did he win a Cy Young with them? Yeah. Because I thought the I thought those Cy Young winners were like I know Don Newcomb, I know um, Sandy Koufax, and Clayton Kershaw. Because I know Koufax has, I think, three. Uh, 
Kershaw, I think, has three, and Newcomb's one, I thought, was like most of it. Cause that's seven right there. Wow, he only has one Cy Young, and it was with the Royals. Man, I thought yeah. he was with L.A. for so much longer. No, it was Holy only, shit. what, like two years? Three seasons. Three, yeah, there it is. Well, three and a half if you count the Oh, was he traded Angel- midseason? Well, the Angels are technically in L.A., whatever. Oh, that doesn't fucking count. Yeah, whatever. He was runner-up for Cy Young and Dodgers. But okay. But anyway, let's move. Let's move across to. Here's a question. Before we, I go ahead. Go ahead. This is like out of. This is a non sequitur completely. But is Zach Greinke a Hall of Famer? Um. Oh, now you're going to push me to pull up his stats just to look for sure. So career WAR of sixty. Let me me have it in front of me. All right. All right. I trust your ability to read it. I just want to have it in front of me, too, so I don't well, have to keep asking you. What was that number again? I'll, I'll read it for the viewers, for the listeners. Nobody's watching us. So a 65.3 career war, a 3.41 ERA, 188 wins in 416 games, uh, essentially 2,700 innings pitched, 2,450 strikeouts, a career 1.17 whip, and one save. Uh, he also has a Cy Young, five All-Stars, five Gold Gloves, a Silver Slugger, and has two ERA titles. I mean, he also played for 16 years already, and he hasn't yeah, really honestly, started to Yeah, honestly, that's the shocking down. part. Um, right now, if he was to go for a Hall of Fame vote right now, I would say no. Okay. Because he doesn't have 200 wins, and like, that's not even a good that's not even a good milestone for for getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, it, I like two hundred wins. Really thing. It's just, um, and his less than 2,500 strikeouts is also not a good look. But like I said, that's what I'm saying. If it was today, because it's going to be an interesting question in the. Oh no! Let's say he pitches two more seasons just for the fuck of it. So in seven years, when we've turned over the voting pool a little bit more, well, how are they going to view his advanced stats, like wins above replacement or whatever else is going to be looked at at that point in time? So right so, now, without the basic counting stats, I would say no. He he's like David Cohn. He's got great advanced stats, and then like. His counting stats are, like, good, but they're not, like, Hall of Fame good. So, mm-hmm. actually, I'm going to pull up David Cohn's stats right now just so I can compare because this actually reminds me a lot of the David Cohn discussion. He has 62.3 war, 194 wins to 126 losses, a 3.46 ERA. He has 2,668 strikeouts. Um yeah, I mean he has almost identical numbers. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's this. It's he's fucking David. One Cone. Cy Young, five All Stars. Yeah, five World Series. Yeah, because he won with the uh, Blue Jays and the Yankees, I believe. Mm-hmm. Looks like yeah, it. yeah. So yeah, he's 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 David Cohn. Is basically what it is. So he'll he'll go he's down okay. as like a really, really good pitcher. That will have an interesting um, uh, Hall of Fame conversation. I think if anyone was to get in, 
between the two of them, David's more likely because he has the, all the World Series wins, via, and he would be getting in via the Veterans Committee at this point. But it's an it's it's certainly an interesting question. I I I I would say no, but I wouldn't feel great about it. I mean, I think so. I just decided to look up Kurt Schilling because I think he's you know been one of the more on the edge between World Series and not World Series lately. Um, I mean, he's played for four more years, and honestly, like. 79 and a half war, 346 ERA, 3100 strikeouts um and a 1.13 whip. Drakey's around those numbers. I mean his catching stats will catch up if he actually plays for four more years and gets to those 20 seasons. Would you think Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, absolutely he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's also had way more success than than Zach Greinke. Has he? And he's never won a Cy Young. No, he hasn't, but he has 700 more strikeouts. He has 30 more wins. For the advanced stats, he has 16 and a half more war, which is three all-star to Cy Young award-winning seasons. He and he's also played for four MVPs. more seasons. Actually, five more seasons than Grinky has. Yeah, but that's not to it. We can't just assume that Grinky's going to be a five-war player for three to four more years. Right, but when I you know, look I, at it, I, I, 30 no, 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 wins. No, 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 no. We're, taking and, it, know. we're taking it for right now. We're not extrapolating right. stats because that's a pointless-ass conversation. The reason Kurt Schilling's not in is because he's a colossal asshole who hmm. advocated advocated for um, writers to get lynched. He's not, not in because he's a, yeah, not he's a great a pitcher. He's a great pitcher, but he literally advocated for baseball writers to get lynched. <laughs> And that's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a terrible human being. That's why he's not there. Rightfully so. Hey, um, so what topic were we talking about today? <laughs> a little bit off track. That's fine. A little bit. All right, so let's go over to the Cy Young Award versus Foul Territory tab, which is our second, our penultimate tab. Uh, before, before we sort... Which stadium do you think is going to have the most foul territory? Uh, I'm going to say Dodger Stadium just because we've talked about it. Um, and I'm going to have my number two guess be the Polo Grounds because why not? Even though so I'm Polo, sure that Polo, actually is Polo, probably going to have the least. Polo Grounds won't be included. There was no saying award while it was in operation. Fair enough. Um, So... Go ahead, go ahead and sort by uh, by, by, by largest foul territory and just see where the Dodgers rank on this list. You're going to scroll down quite a ways. Yeah, they're at like, what, 22-something? They're at 38. 38. They, are, they have the third tied for, or no, they are the third because Chavez Ravine is the same thing. They have the mm-hmm. third least foul territory in all of baseball just behind Fenway Park for the Red Sox and Wrigley Field for the Cubs. So right away, without even really looking at anything else in this conversation, I can very much so confidently say that our good friend Jim, the tour guide at Dodger Stadium, is full of crap. Which All right, is a listener shame, of he's the also Juicing the Number podcast. Dude. Oh, okay. Huh? I was just going to say let's get him fired for misrepresenting the Dodgers, but if he's a nice guy, I don't want to do that. Oh, he's a great fucking dude. 
Th- but that's so, what that's sorry what threw I tried me to get you to so lose much. your job. Um, yeah, so that's... if you look at the, the top one, it's Oakland Coliseum, which has it's very much field. a reputation. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a football oh, stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit's fucking enormous. I mean, so was Candlestick Park at number five. Yeah, and if you look at these top few, so Oakland Coliseum, it's foul territory in 1,000 square feet. So multiply all these numbers by 1,000, and that's the total square footage of the foul territory. Oakland Coliseum is at 40.7, which is the most by a lot. And it has five Cy Young wins in it. Yeah. You go over second place is uh, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, which was where the Braves played when they moved to Atlanta. And they, with 35.9 thousand square feet, they also have five Cy Young Award wins. Third place, the Hubert H. Humphreys uh, Metrodome, where the Twins played, 34.3 thousand square feet, three Cy Young wins. So, like, and then next is Candlestick, which only has one, and Metropolitan Stadium, where the Twins also played, which also only has one. But but still, like, for a top five, I mean, that's that's a very handsome amount of Cy Young wins with 15. Yeah, that's a lot. That's that's not nothing. Yeah, and you go you expand that out to the top ten. Then you have um, Tiger Stadium, which has three wins in it. Uh, Memor- uh, Memorial Stadium, which we brought up with the Orioles, which has six, and then Milwaukee mm-hmm. County Stadium, which has three, two for the Brewers and one for the Braves when they were the Milwaukee Braves. Forgot a forgot a nice one in there, Josh. What is it? Cleveland Stadium for the Indians with a side with young win. Always forgetting them Indians. Uh, well, I was just going with which ones had won multiple, but yeah, Cleveland Stadium is yeah, also enough. up in there. Um, so what's also interesting though, let's go all the way down the bottom again, and let's look at the bottom five. So it's it's Yankee Stadium one, which uh, actually, well, it's tied with with Minute Maid Park, I should say. So Minute Maid Park and Yankee Stadium, uh, old Yankee Stadium, are tied with twenty one thousand square feet. And Minute Maid Park has had two Cy Young Awards, one inside of it, and Yankee Stadium has had five. So next is is also a tie because it's the same stadium. It's Chavez Ravine, which is Dodger Stadium, and Dodger Stadium, um, which has 19.3 thousand square feet of foul territory and has, between the Angels and Dodgers, 12 Cy Young Awards, although the Angels not much pulling their weight on that one, with the Dodgers having won 11 and the Angels having won one. Uh, then second to last is Wrigley Field with 18.6 thousand square feet of foul territory. They have won five Cy Young Awards and the um, Red Sox come in at last with and Fenway Park with 18.1 thousand square feet of foul territory and seven Cy Young wins. So also here at the bottom with our bottom five stadiums and six teams also a fuck ton of Cy Youngs. That's yeah. that's thirty one Cy Young Awards in the bottom five teams. Um, what do you make of that? I am actually currently trying to put together a chart to try and figure. I, I out. have in, in the in the next uh, thing, so I wouldn't worry about it. You didn't. I, it says graphs right next to I, it. So I have it as a half, basically the right side of my laptop. I have it just stuck to the right side just so I could have baseball up at the same time so it doesn't show all of the tabs at the bottom so I did not see I understand the struggle there yeah there are so don't don't worry about it. We'll, so we'll, like, we'll get to it in a minute but yeah. like before even looking at them like there's 
almost like a parabola of correlation here where like all these teams with like middle amounts of foul territory have all won and everyone at the edges have large numbers of you know 12 7 at the bottom and several fives and a six and a seven up top yeah you're right if we if we divide this up into thirds the, the top third has a bunch the bottom third has a bunch and the middle third doesn't really is probably much. the lowest yeah um yeah. there's really just nothing to this like at all and honestly if you think about it that makes sense because I think the so the reason that our our good friend James slash Jim Jimmy Boy gave for why foul territory would be affecting um, the Cy Young wins in this kind of way is that there's more opportunities for the catcher to catch popouts because you have and the third baseman and, and the first baseman because you know you have more room to run so you can get more outs that way and like yeah that's probably tr- true but. I think the thing with with those kinds of outs is that they're not usually so much on the pitcher. It's usually no. just because the batter made really shitty contact. Mm-hmm. And I just I just really doubt that adding some percentage of foul territory is going to yield enough outs that the Cy Young is now on the table for a given pitcher. Right. Like, those kind of balls don't really happen, you know, more than a handful of times throughout a game. And even then, adding an extra, you know, 10 feet of foul territory along, like, the third base line, that might add maybe one more per game if we're being, you know, a little liberal about it. I just don't know how that could have a, you know, consistent effect across an entire season where that changes in, you know, a good above-average pitcher to Cy Young winner. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's it's a comforting cushion to have if um, you are a soft contact pitcher, if we want to still say that that is mm. a, a, a viable option. But it's just, it feels like it would be a marginal impact at best for even just a game. I just I just really can't see how it would be. I thought it was an interesting point that maybe we maybe we would see a slight correlation of some kind, or at least a slight upward trend if we don't want to be as bold as to use the word correlation, but it's just fucking nothing. There is just nothing here. Damn. Well I was actually hoping for something. I was hoping this would I be know. like this wild thing that would be like, Oh shit, why do teams not do this more often? But I'm left disappointed. And actually, while, while researching this, um, I should probably give a shout out to Clem Baseball also, because that's the only website I could find that had this information on it. Um, when I looking this up, I actually found quite a few articles that brought up how baseball stadiums are actually reducing their amount of foul territory in favor of seating, and that makes sense because if we just doing this can't seem to find any reasonable. Um, tie between pitching success and foul territory, then why bother having it at all? Th- throw extra super fucking expensive sh- seats in there and make a few yeah. extra grand a game, you know? Why not? Yeah, it seems to make all the sense you know in what? the world. No foul territory. Honestly, I bet you if teams could do it, they, they would. I mean, 
Yeah, why not? Those you think, seats. You think at there's, most a, you think there's a, a rule requiring at least you know a certain amount of foul territory? No, legit. Look at where the uh, left field seats are in Fenway Park. Like it's literally foul line seats. Like you can't, you cannot catch a ball in foul territory as Andrew Benintendi. It it doesn't exist. Fenway Park images left field yeah no that just stops about a hundred hundred feet after third base down the line that foul territory just ends wow that is you're not joking like it literally just is a wall (laughs) same with right field too like right along the uh much farther down but still like right before the foul pole it's literally just nothing do you know what that foul pole is called actually in the right field uh in right field of Fenway Park? I do not. So it's called the Pesky Pole. And Did when Pesky I was hit it? Joe Pesci? Huh? Joe Pesci hit it a lot and they just added a K to his name cuz they're from Boston. I don't know, I'm just making shit up. Yeah, I, I could tell cuz it fell off the reels pretty quick. But what's yeah. funny is you were actually really close. So when I was a kid, I thought it was called the Pesky Pole because like because like it, it it curves, so there's actually fair territory right around the pesky pole. Like it's foul territory, and then you hit the foul pole, and then like there's fair territory behind it. Like it's a really weird fucking. So you can hit. La- so like two years ago, Didi Gregorius, because he wrapped the ball around the pesky pole, hit a 295 foot home run in Fenway Park. Like it's the stupidest thing, and so that- I thought it. Go ahead. How? Because it, it's a dumb fucking ballpark. Like, I'm looking at it. How does it, like, it... So, basically, what you're saying is, like, audio listeners, I'm sorry, but, like, if the pole's here, he hit the ball and it curved around it like that? Yeah, because you know how balls kind of slice because right. of the, the spin on it? Yeah. Um, Because the, the way... So, imagine, for, for all of my listeners, imagine an ice cream cone. Like like, like like a really old school, like triangular base, you know, like where it comes to a point, ice cream right. cone. And so that's how the right field of Fenway Park is set up. So it's a straight line. And then once you'd hit like where the scoop of ice cream is, it would get wider. Well, imagine that's the point where the pesky pole is. And so it gets a little bit wider outside of there. So it's a really, really weird setup for a ballpark. But anyway... When I was a kid, I thought it was the pesky pole because it's a really fucking annoying spot for there to be a foul pole because it it's just such a, such a weird fucking spot. It's not named after the, for that reason. There was actually a Red Sox player. I want to say it was like Johnny Pesky or some shit like that, like Jimmy Pesky, and he apparently he was such a weak <laughs> fucking hitter that 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 little section of Fenway Park was the only place he could. Um, hit home runs. And so people used to make fun of him by calling it the pesky pole because they basically just called him a weak little bitch and that's all you got. And his name was Johnny Pesky. Uh, he, he played for the Red Sox from 1942 through 1952 with a three-year gap for World War II. Um, so there you go. That's my other fun fact for the day. I'm a fan. That's a fun fact. Most of my yeah, facts are I claim are fun, but they're not. I like most some of your some of your facts. I think they're. Uh, they're I like mo- some of your facts. 
They're like they're like thirty grade amusing. Yeah. Um, did you speaking of speaking of grades amusing? Uh, did you hear about the guy that the Royals are about to call up? Yeah. Um. Fuck. What's his name? Dick Lady Love. Dick Dick Love Lady. Dick Love Lady. Dick Love Lady. Jesus hell Christ. Of a name. Like. Yeah. Anyway. That's the kind of like if I had that name, I think I'd tattoo it on my own body, just to like show people. I just want to meet the man who named his son Dick. Like I know it's Richard, but like you you knew what they were getting into. Oh yeah, like with the flash name Love Lady. I guarantee you that his wife didn't really connect the fact that Richard and Dick, like Dick, was a like I don't know synonymous with Richard. That's just like a nickname, and she's like, "Oh, Richard, what a great name!" And he's just like, "You, you have no idea what I've just unleashed on this child." <laughs> you stupid bitch. That's something my dad would do. Right. Oh, that's absolutely something your dad would do. Yeah, anyway, fuck. anyway. So now let's sort by field size, sort largest Ooh. to smallest, to get an idea of what I thought would be the bigger factor, um, because I'm so fucking smart, is how that just sounded, um, but, but what I thought would be end up being the bigger factor, because what's more common than pop-outs is balls hit really far that stay enough in the stadium, in the or, or, or yeah. yeah, stay in the park enough for a fielder to go out there in his normal territory and collect it for an out. And yeah. so if we look at this, um, it's it's going to look more even. It's still a little bit all over, uh, but the middle looks stronger and the bottom doesn't look nearly as bad. So shockingly enough, um, out of out of stadiums, I should, I should specify, out of stadiums that have won Cy Young Awards, because I kept thinking to myself, why isn't Coors Field up here? Um, Ye- old Yankee Stadium is actually the biggest at 128.9 thousand square feet. Um, what I'm wondering, because of Old Yankee Stadium, do you know what you know? You know what um, what uh, Monument Park is, right? Um, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure I would if, if you told me. You know how like you know the Yankees retire a bunch of numbers and. Um, they, oh yeah! Even like for the players, they don't retire the numbers for. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's right in center field, right behind center field. Um, they put like busts of their of their retired players and busts of players who like maybe weren't retired but like made an impact to the Yankees organization in some way, stuff like that. Well, that used to actually be a played part of Yankee Stadium, so Yankee Stadium used to go back like. Instead of the, I want to say like 408 feet to dead center it is today, it used to be like 428 feet or some shit like that, or 440 feet. Like it was, they called it like Death Alley or some shit like that. Like it was like, I think it was like 450. It was out there. And Monument Park was in the middle of center field. So if you wanted to run back to the center field wall and catch a fly ball, you had to run around these goddamn statues, literal fucking busts, just in the outfield to get there. But I'm wondering if that uses those dimensions instead of when they made Monument Park a behind-a-wall scenario, which shortened the park and then took away some of the playable field. That's my that's my theory as to why the number is high. But anyway, so Yankee Stadium. So I have a question. Yes. Why is Coors Field not on here? Because they never want to sell Young there. Uh, 
That's fair. It's the same reason. Uh, same reason. Uh, 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 Polo Grounds isn't here. Gotcha. I feel like yeah. Coors Field, at least being like a current stadium, you would have thrown it on here just to uh, check it out. But that's fair. I understand that. Uh, Corwin, look at this spreadsheet. Do you think I wanted to do more work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Knowing you, rather than doing your actual job, I would say you would absolutely rather do baseball work than normal work. Hey, hey, hey. You're not wrong. I know. Oh, I, was, the I was about the to get real upset the... if you tried to claim otherwise. The Devils just got the first overall pick. Taylor Hall, Ooh, man. Jack Hughes, Taylor baby. Taylor Hall. Fucking doing it all the goddamn time. Rangers pick second? Rangers pick second? That's you got Kako. About. Oh, Kako. Oh, that's my fucking rebuilding team. Now go get my zucchini back. All right. Oh, hey, that makes hey Josh, sense out of context. How does, yeah. how does it feel to have Capo Caco on your team now? Oh, it feels delicious, and I hope we get Artemi Panarin. I hope um, Igor Shesterkin right come. There. I hope. Why not? He's he apparently go wants to, to play for the Rangers. He's, nah, dude, he's, gonna he's go not play, going to he's, Florida. He's going to go play for Coach Q. No, he's not. Yeah. No. I'd no no on one's it. going. Anyway, let's get back I'd, to the topic. Okay. He's so Yankees, old Yankee Stadium at 128.9,000 square feet. Then we have Forbes Field where the Pirates used to play at 123.9 square feet. Kauffman Stadium where the Royals currently play at 118.5. Uh, Chase Field where the Diamondbacks currently play at 114.2. And Comerica Park where the Tigers currently play at 113.7. And all of these with the exception of Forbes Field for the Pirates are multi-Cy Young winners. The Yankees won yeah. five in that ballpark. Uh, Pirates won a single one. Uh, Royals have won four in Kaufman. Diamondbacks won five, and the Tigers won two. And if you want to go one further down, Comiskey Park, uh, which was home to the White Sox, has 113.6 thousand square feet of field size and two Cy Young wins. I mean, yeah, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, it is like i don't know there's definitely some larger numbers here than there were for just foul territory but it's just not weighted heavily enough in favor of cy young winners for me to say that oh there's a definite connection there you know yeah no you're you're right this is definitely um looks better wouldn't bank on it wouldn't yeah. like really say there's any going to be because really what this comes down to if you have a good season as a pitcher you're winning the Cy Young award and your yeah. ballpark is going to be a very small factor I think ballpark factor comes more into play for like oh why are there so many singles given up at Coors Field oh because the outfield's fucking gigantic and it's not going to be about oh like could you imagine if people like like Ah, Jacob DeGrom would have won the Cy Young last year. Or, no, not because he plays in a big outfield. Like, who doesn't play? Um, Chris Sale would have won the Cy Young last year if he wasn't playing in a place with such little foul territory in outfield. Like, no. Like, that's not how it works. Um, I do think field size has a slight something to do with it, but you're right. Like, it's not going to be factor number one through 50. Yeah. Um, again, I'm just going to reiterate what I said about the uh, foul territory. I'm just disappointed we didn't see some crazy numbers here. 
I want to see that connection. I just, you know, I like having that reinforcement. Like, we had an idea. Let's check the numbers. Hey, we're right. Even though you did all the work. I'm pretty... I'm pretty... I'm, I'm okay with it because I was very skeptical but curious of it going in. Let's look at the bottom five teams in terms of – or stadiums in terms of field size and see how they did. Um, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> we have as the fifth smallest progressive field, which is the current home of the Indians at 105.4 thousand square feet. Um, they have four Cy Young wins there. We have guaranteed rate field, the worst name in baseball – uh, current home of the White Sox, they uh, with 105.3 thousand square feet. Citizens Bank Ballpark, home of the current home of the Phillies, uh, they also have one. I should have said Guaranteed Rate Field has one Cy Young win. Citizens Bank Ballpark has one Cy Young win with 105 thousand square feet, relatively even. I'm just going to assume it's rounded. Kingdom, former home of the Mariners, one Cy Young win, 104.2 thousand square feet, and Ebbets Field, former home of the Dodgers, one Cy Young win which was Don Newcomb, I can say that with absolute certainty, um, 99.1 thousand square feet. Your bud Jimmy tell you that? Uh, no, I well, he did, but I, I just knew that offhand because I Fair fucking enough. love Don Newcomb, Rua Campanella, <laughs> and literally every single Negro League player in the world. I, I love all of them. They provided a <laughs> very great history and changed more in the U.S. than they get credit for. I love that shit. I can't wait for Kansas City next month to just dive into that shit. But anyway, <laughs> well, uh, don't 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 put your head in your hands. This is a great thing that's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about the bottom five? So out of the bottom five, there's only one single team that has multiple Cy Young wins, and half of it is Corey, Corey Kluber. Yeah, and then right above that is Fenway with seven wins. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's definitely clear that it looks like, better the than our last top five, so, bottom five. Right. Like the bottom 10 teams, only two of them have three of them. Only three of them have uh, multiple winners. Uh, the Padres with three, the Indians with four, and the Red Sox with seven. I don't know why I didn't say the fields, but everyone else only has one. That actually is kind of cool to see. Um, but at the same time, as we've seen, there's really not too much correlation there. There's more, just not a lot. Are you in the graphs tab? Mm, yes. Oh, mine just changed. So, probably because I just yeah. So the um, the orange solid line is uh, field size. Oh, I had it backwards. That makes sense then. Okay. Um, so if you if you go down, it's it's the top graph is just uh, um, like the data from the bottom two graphs just put together, but it it's a lot. So maybe we could just look off on the um, two smaller graphs. Okay. So if you look at um, foul territory versus Cy Young, um, as the number of Cy Young, oh, you, you can see a, a whole bunch of um, nothing is really what this is. It's just a whole lot of nothing. Um, as the n- n- nothing changes really uh, i mean yeah the team with the most Cy young awards is in the bottom of uh foul territory um as foul territory goes up there is i guess a slight 
trend upwards there if you because this is I guess kind of rever- no there's really nothing here it's really what this is there's nothing <laughs> here right or am I looking Love at it. it wrong no there's not much here there's these are very flat lines of trend lines yeah yeah there, there's it's it's just so all over the place there's nothing to release I, I, yeah I'm, I've talked myself into it this is nothing like if we wanted to put this in real statistical terms, our correlation coefficient would be very close to zero. Very much so. Um, yeah, you you would expect to see, um, I guess, as foul territory increases. Maybe I should have switched the axes. Maybe that would look better. Um, I just tried that. It does not. Okay. Then yeah. I thought that because it would make more sense to me to have, you know, the counting Cy Young stats be vertical, but it's just there's not enough difference for it to really matter. No, you're, you're right, because the way I thought about it when, when I first was doing it was, oh, well, like, you would expect more Cy Youngs to be on the other side as foul territory increases, and it didn't, and then the way you did it by reswitching the axes would make more sense now. And it, it, it just doesn't make a fucking difference, really. Because yeah. this doesn't make a difference. Nope. And so if you look at field size, I'd say there's a little bit little bit more. Um still not much. Still a pretty fucking flat line. With uh, um shit, I'd even argue that there's probably less. Maybe. I would only say there's more because that's the direction you would expect it to be going. Give it's still flat, um, and spread the fuck out. <laughs> we're we're really splitting hairs here. <laughs> like we really are. Uh, so really, what this comes down to is this is a fun theory that, that just didn't really either of these two. Th- not even that. It it, it it's because I feel like it's always a talking point. And maybe not when it comes to Cy Young discussion, it doesn't come up. But, like, you'd hear, you know, ah, uh, this pitcher stuff won't play as well here. Or, like, this guy's stats would be better if he wasn't there. And I do think that there's plenty of credence with that because, like, the ball at Coors does play different. Um, the ball at Dodger Stadium, I'm sure, does play different because of, like, that nighttime sea air thing. I don't know the science behind it either. But honestly, I would buy that because that does like air quality and air density does change a lot when it comes to how the ball flies. But as nice of a talking point as this is, I guess there's really just nothing fucking there. So I'm now just realizing that I know Randy Johnson is 80% of Arizona's Cy Young wins and being Randy Johnson, he kind of puts a little bit more of a chance to win a Cy Young than a non-Randy Johnson pitcher. But I'm surprised that with the dry desert air in Arizona, which basically means there's less water molecules in the air, so balls hit fly balls would be able to fly farther with less resistance. I'm surprised that they have five Cy Youngs. So you know what? Now that, now that you mentioned yeah, that, that I believe... Arizona was actually the first team to have a humidor for their baseballs, even before Coors. So I think that could be the reason why. Right. Plus, they ranked pretty high on the um, 
field size, right? So maybe those things, maybe those two things put together helped prevent some more of the long ball. Yeah, Chase Field came in at number four. Yeah, I guess I'm also surprised. It's tough to say surprised because we're talking about things that don't have too much correlation to anything else. But I guess I'm relatively surprised we don't see like really successful teams having more of these awards. Uh, that, no, even then the Dodgers are a successful team. The Sox are. Mets Yankees. and Phillies, not so much. Um, Orioles, not so much. Braves but, uh, used like, to be. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they did, man. Braves were <laughs> all over the place with that shit. Maybe it'd be more... You think that if we expanded the scope and did, like, top three Cy Young finishes that we might find more of a thing here just by giving a larger sample size? As sample size increases, so does accuracy of your data. But do you think just with with, with how small of a, of a difference we found these to make given um, how many total Cy Young Awards are we dealing with here? Almost 100? Yeah, I don't think we'll ever be able to see a noticeable difference, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say maybe it'd be more interesting because, but this wouldn't be a ballpark because I was thinking when you brought up Atlanta, like I bet Smoltz, Glavin, and um, Maddox were stepping on each other's feet all the time. But then I thought, well, that's just because those three dudes were super fucking good and the ballpark they were playing in probably didn't come into play at all there. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to look at what makes or breaks a Cy Young Award winning pitcher... It's going to be them being a really fucking good pitcher and not much else. Do you think that these things would have more of um, a sway with a season's worth of pitching staff like performances rather than Um, like picking instead of looking at the best of the best who are probably getting by in Eddie Stadium just by skill? Like you think field size is going to help your. September call-up pitcher or that foul territory size is going to help your rookie reliever or some shit like that? I mean, if we looked at all innings pitched by that team in that stadium out over the course of a year, I think, yeah, we'd see a lot more noticeable results. But that's just such an exorbitant amount of data that I don't think we're going to ever be able to combine any of that to see those numbers without, you know, a full team of people like Fangraphs working on it. Oh yeah, we we never would be able to no um, on our own. Nor do I think I would want to. That sounds like a yeah, massive that sounds so boring. Uh, that's uh, like it's one thing being a massive undertaking, but for something where you don't even think you're going to get that much of a return, and it's such boring data entry at that. Yeah, I think it could have more of an impact than what we saw because we'll be including a lot of scrub pitchers who might be helped out by like really big field size so they're not giving up home runs but they're really close to giving up home runs and like maybe foul territory would have an effect since it didn't seem to really have any in the discussion but it still would be factor number 37 as to how these pitchers did in these in these appearances Hmm. so I am also marginally sad because it would have been kind of cool to have these work out right. Yeah, I agree. 
would have been a is what it neat is. little thing that we found. Oh well. Oh, well. <laughs> nice. Did you see, so uh, let's just wrap up a little bit with with some just around baseball talk because uh, I, I I really really want to talk about the Red Sox. <laughs> so before you do, I have something I want to bring up. Did you see uh, the Luis Severino news? Oh, that yeah. Um, I'm fine with it. I really don't care. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I'm super super glad. That Luis Severino is in a place where he's comfortable reporting these things to his team, and he's not just trying to push through it like Noah Syndergaard and let it shit get infinitely worse on the mound. Do you remember Noah Syndergaard doing that like a year or two years ago? Yes. Where he he Lying about his he shoulder. got told he had no he got told he didn't lie he got told via an MRI that he like tore an oblique or some shit and the um the Mets were like oh you gotta sit and Noah Syndergaard was like I don't wanna and they were like oh okay and then he goes and pitches and he gets to like the third inning and he tears his oblique like way worse and was out for like three or four months yeah I do remember that more now god that was outrageously stupid outrageously so so I'm glad I'm gl- really happy that Luis Severino is like comfortable with the Yankees front office and the Yankees um, pitching coaches and like all these guys that he's comfortable with doing that. And it's still the beginning of the season. And like I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, I love it. But out of all the ways this could have gone, I guess this is the best way, right? Yeah. Can't um, you know? Well, I don't know. It's not the worst way it could have gone down, that's for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Okay, so. Chris Sale just pitched today. You're aware of this, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I want you to, to, to guess what his ERA is. Currently? As, yeah, uh, currently. I knew it was an 8 after his last start. So I'm going to say that it's now a 7.5. Well, seeing as he let up four earned runs in five innings. Um, yeah, that's, that's that ain't going to be right. So when are um, people going to stop saying that, oh, he's just trying to uh, save himself for the postseason by not giving it his all early on? So just real quick, his ERA went up from eight to nine. By the way, the Red Sox only have two pitchers who qualify for the ERA title so far via innings pitched. David Price and Chris Sale, and David Price's ERA is now six, so they're not doing good. Um, I still think it... The real thing that's got me concerned with Chris Sale is that he's his velocity is still not there, which like so I, I get you can still say... No spring training, but it's 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 been three starts now, and it it's not getting any better. And it's and not like it's just like a mile or two lower than what it normally is. Like it's significantly lower. Yeah, no. Like if if it was only a mile underneath what his usual thing is, then I would be like, oh, see, it's getting better. But it's been like two or three under consistently. And he ha- how many how many swing and misses do you think he has on fastballs this season out of oh, the um, 78 fastballs he's thrown this season how many swing and misses uh, do you think he has fuck, i don't even know give me a number just um, a number 
how many is thrown? 78? I believe that's the number, 78, yes. It's got to be less than 10. Two. Holy fuck. Two. And they both came... They both came in today's game. Oh like, that's God. really fucking bad. That's like a 3% swinging strike rate. That's really bad on his best pitch. So, I want you to guess right now. Um, we're recording this on, on uh, April 9th, so uh, Baseball Reference doesn't update their stats until the following day. So, these are all stats current as of April 8th's games. Who has... The higher ERA, the Boston Red Sox or the Miami Marlins? Oh, the Red Sox for sure. Marlins pitching has been great. Yeah, Miami Marlins pitching has actually been above league average, which is 4.26 ERA. The Marlins have a 4.19 ERA. And Boston, actually, I'm going to say that for a second. Who do you think is a higher ERA, Boston or the Baltimore Orioles? Oh, it's got to be the Orioles. It's still Boston. I'm guarantee you Boston has the highest DRA in baseball right now. So they don't. I'll get there in a second. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Baltimore has a 5.83 ERA, which is, you know, awful. Not good. <laughs> um, Boston has a 6.28 ERA. I remember seeing... When I was looking at the Chris Stale stats earlier after his last start, he had the lowest. You were, I think, you were showing me this. He had the lowest ERA on his team, which was eight. Yeah, because he was the um, him and him and David Price were like the only two dudes who qualified, and Chris uh, David Price had like a higher ERA at that point. It's been crazy. Yeah. So the lowest, the, the highest ERA in the league right now is the Chicago Cubs. They have a six point seven oh, ERA. True. They've been really bad. It's, their bullpen. It's been their bullpen. And it's that's what you'll find so is like well, a lot of these have been the bullpen. Like Chicago well, it's White Sox. not like Sox their starters have been any better. They haven't been, but their bullpen's been like crazy really bad. Yeah. Uh, the White Sox came in second with a 6.35 ERA. So if you're playing a Chicago team, you better be scoring a fuck ton of runs. Yeah. Arizona came in third with 6.3. And then Boston was fourth with that 6.28. So it's been a rough go of things. In the city, for the city of Boston, who lost today, by the way. So, yeah. Well, just to. Um, I'm really glad I didn't put my baseball picks in yet, because. Well, actually, I don't know. I think I think a lot of these teams are going to regress back to the mean, but fuck, like they're digging themselves a pretty big hole so far. Like I pro- so they- I projected when we did our projections that the uh, Red Sox were going to win like less than ninety games. I feel extremely confident about that now. Uh yeah, I I would be if I were you too. Now no no neither of us are going to sit here and say they're going to finish below five hundred by any means. No, um, because this has to come back around eventually. But could you see wow, them winning in like the seventies? Wins in the seventies? No. I, I literally could not picture them winning fewer than 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 89 games. Like, they are too talented. This is well below everyone's performance, especially yeah. the pitching. It has to come but back I around eventually. Just really obsessed over early starts without, you know, sufficient data. Um, well, what, what's comforting <laughs> as a Yankees fan is that they're getting towards sufficient data by the moment. So now this is less far less drastic 
than than the pitching staff. But there, I do want to shit on Boston for just a moment longer, if you'll indulge me. Of um, course. What do you think their team OPS plus is? Ooh, OPS plus. Like I said, this is um, much less drastic than 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 their I'd pitching. I'd say team OPS plus is at ninety two. Ooh, you're really fucking close. Ninety five. Ooh, not so bad. Not 95, so bad. just below the league average of 97. Which honestly isn't that terrible, all things considered. So if they but, were the um, Kansas City Royals, that'd be phenomenal. If, right. if they were the uh, Detroit Tigers, that'd be solid. This is a team that has the AL MVP and... The third place AL MVP winner, who just won the Hank Aaron All Around Offensive Production Award. I thought that was and a hockey award. And they can't break even. Huh? I thought Hank Aaron Award was a hockey award, Josh. Call back. Ah. Call back joke. Yeah. Monday's episode. Um, Hank Aaron, who actually just celebrated uh, breaking the home run record like two days ago, which was super cool. Anyway. Total aside. Given those two things, because between the two of them, I think Mookie had like a 180-something, 190-something OPS plus, and J.D. Martinez had like a just about the same. And those, granted, that's two dudes, I understand. But this is a team where like Brock Holt was a good hitter for some reason. And uh, <laughs> Xander Bogarts was a good hitter for some reason. Well, no, not well, Xander I mean, Bogarts Xander is bad. Bogarts that's is not fair hitter. to Xander Bogarts. Yeah, that's not that's not yeah. fair to Xander. JBJ um, was pretty decent last year, and he's not a good hitter. No, yeah, he had a great second half last year. So, like, this is, I think, what we've been talking about more so than the ERA stuff because that has to stop eventually. But, like, it's a team chock full of average to below average hitters with, like, Three and a half dudes who are like good to really good, so it. This is, I think, the offense of the Red Sox. Maybe a little bit lower than I was expecting, but like what I was expecting. What? Just a stupidly effective bullshit bunt by the uh, Armand Marquez. Armand Marquez. So dumb. I love Armand. But yeah, yeah, that's I'm my shit fun. on the Red Sox talk. Do that's you know what the score? Do you know what the score of the Reds Marlins game is right now? Mm-hmm. No. It's fourteen to nothing. <laughs> no. Which team do you think has the fourteen? <laughs> I think it's. That's a wild question. Uh, with how bad Cincinnati is, I'm gonna go Miami. But it's not like Miami's a good team. I know. Uh, it's please Cincinnati. tell me Luis Castillo didn't. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, Luis Castillo gave up all those numbers. Fucking Christ. And it's the top of the ninth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. I love baseball. Um, uh, What's the name of their number one pitcher? Well, quote, unquote, number one pitcher. Uh, Who's they? The Marlins? Yeah, Jose. Urania. Urania. Um, I'm assuming he gave up a lot of runs. Um, but my oh my Let god, me check the not box even real quick. seven runs in the sixth inning. So let's 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 look at um let's look at the Marlins Jose Urania 
Uh, he pitched five innings. He gave up eight hits, three walks, four strikeouts, four earned runs, one home run. Then Wei Yin Chen, who was yeah. like the highest paid person on that team, came in really? two innings, seven hits, two walks, oh, they just hit a three strikeouts. He's going to score. Ten earned runs and four He's home runs. Score. Oh, he Good for a 24.75 ERA. Lorenzen's going to wow. break up uh, break up this shutout. He's got a man on third and second, two outs, top of the ninth. Yeah, wow, this game is just bizarro land. Josh, um, can you please come visit just so we could sit and watch fucking baseball together, please? When you're home, bud. But right, let's no. wrap up this, this show so we can Fair get out of here. Uh, if you want to complain about anything, uh, go everything. fuck yourself. But if you want to give us compliments and money, you can send that uh, request to our Gmail, which is juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at juicingpod. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode and all previous episodes, which includes the spreadsheets for this episode, the stats, think of all the numbers and the highlighting and the graphs, you can do that at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website. And... Uh, so many graphs and uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday take it easy bye